Okay, well, we've been gone a long time. We're finally back. The hiatus is over. Dan Gavin took a little vacation. He was in uh, Palestine helping Hamas build rockets to launch at uh, Israeli schools. I was on sabbatical. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But we're here now. We're live on the air. Call in. Uh, This episode is a little bit historical. It's really like it is about a location, but it's not like a current location. And it it does specifically have to do with an event in history that took place over the course of like a year or two. Uh, Dan, where are we going today? What? Where are we going today, Dan? (laughs) I wasn't ready for this much responsibility so early in the episode. (laughs) (laughs) I was really stewing on it. Lo and behold, for you listeners, now that you know, Kane doesn't actually know the topic every week. I just present it to him 10, 10, 15 seconds into the episode, and he just kind of wings it. Look it up on the fly. I'm furiously (laughs) typing the entire time. We are going to none other than... The vacation spot of the century, Niagara Falls, New York, to My what favorite. became affectionately known as the Love Canal. Canal, great name, love it. Uh, presents some very specific imagery. Unfortunately, it is named after somebody, a gentleman by the name of William T. Love, who's a railroad entrepreneur, and he bought the land initially because he intended to make a planned community with it. But uh, the growth rate of the Niagara Falls area was not really. Uh, matching what he anticipated it would be. And nobody really wanted to live there. Uh, It was a little too far away. And (laughs) so he ended up selling it to the Hooker Chemical Company after development was abandoned. And uh, on top of the uh, slow growth of the area, there were two economic depressions uh, or recessions, I suppose, in 1893 and 1907 that really kind of damaged investors' confidence in this plot of land as a neighborhood. But the Hooker Chemical Company needed some land to dump their chemicals in. And that's going to come back to haunt the Niagara Falls area. <laughs> Here, I already have an issue with this, to be honest. Okay, what's that? So if you're looking at Love Canal on a map, it's it couldn't be further than i don't know a hundred yards from the niagara river why would they not just dump their chemicals in the river everybody else was doing that (laughs) you know like you don't need to buy a town-sized plot of you trying to be safe yeah Yeah, i'm just saying man safety didn't exist back then Oh, well, they, they were just following the city's lead. They, yeah. Hooker, um, Hooker didn't even have to think too hard. They were just reading the manual. Yeah, so the city of Niagara Falls had actually been using the land since the 20s to dump trash in because it was as good as abandoned. But by the 1940s, the Hooker Chemical Company really had their eyes on it and decided to actually outright purchase the deed to the land. It's a 16-acre plot, and they were going to use it as a dumping ground. By the 1950s, the growth of the... Niagara Falls area had actually kind of caught up to where the Love Canal area was. And so the Hooker Chemical Company decided they were no longer going to dump any chemical waste in it. Good foresight on their part. 
but there were already 19,800 tons of chemical waste oh buried underground, uh, including oh copper <laughs> lines, fatty acids, and chlorinated hydrocarbons. Which I all hate. Dangerous to <laughs> yeah. I personally, out of that list, hate chlorinated hydrocarbons. I can't Sounds even say it. Very chemical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fatty acids, though. I thought yeah. those were like good. I thought you'd sure eat, eat those. those. Yeah. Omega yeah. three. Uh, well, probably a different kind of fatty acid. I would imagine. <laughs> uh, in 1953, the Hooker Chemical Company covered the landfill with dirt and sold the plot of land to the city of Niagara Falls for how much, Dan? One dollar. One dollar, Bob. The city, of course, <laughs> knew that it was a chemical dumping ground, but they needed room for a new school. Dude, and that's always more important. Cities are chumps. They always get the wool pulled over their eyes. They are dumb. <laughs> um, the eventual deal itself, and this is great, included a 17-line-long caveat exonerating the Hooker Chemical Company of any ill effects or damages caused by building on top of the chemical waste. Ridiculous. That is true, but, and we'll cover this, they did still sue the Hooker Chemical Company, so I don't know how Uh that works, but maybe, you know... I mean, with the scope of how big this problem gets, maybe that it, they just kind of overlooked that initial deal with the city. Um, oh, I have a guess. I have okay, a guess. What do you got? Well, so it's 1953. Maybe, just maybe, um, like when Congress and the president instituted the EPA, which I know we're, I'm getting ahead of us right now, maybe like the, the laws that were written to sort of create that mechanism that agency maybe just like straight up nullified contracts that went against the type of language in those laws sure i don't know that's you're not getting us to research this so if you're at home and you actually want to know the answer good luck yeah Yeah. (laughs) we don't deal in information here (laughs) just vague stabs in the dark about geography and sometimes history the school was built during construction things started to get a little hairy i'm sure you can imagine they found two separate dump sites full of 55 gallon drums of chemical waste Uh, the architect of the school itself wrote a letter to the school district advising the site to be moved and it was but only 85 feet to the north Nowhere close to as far enough away as you could get from that kind of waste. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even even with those problems, that never like they never nothing changed. People right. just continued to live here. I mean, maybe the public didn't know about that. I'm just, I'm assuming they wouldn't. That would be kind of a PR nightmare. Yeah. If you if you knew your kids were going to a school built on top of chemical waste. Uh, although, like the people did kind of know because smells and odd chemicals had been present in the area, like things would smell weird, or you'd be gardening and <laughs> your hands would be red when you were done. Um, <laughs> there were three seasons of very high rainfall. 
and I believe a winter where it snowed a lot as well. So when that melted, combined with the rain, the water table was raised. And that brought all of that chemical waste with it. And pools of chemicals began forming in the ground that kids would play with. And they would come home with chemical burns. And in some cases, they're like when reporters and investigators for this New York State Environmental Board visited, there were places where entire barrels had just unearthed. They had just surfaced oh and were god. sticking out of the ground. Oh my god. So yeah, when that happened, residents began complaining to local officials. Uh, people started barking up the chain. Eventually, the New York Department of Environmental Conservation investigated in the year of our Lord 1977 and found high levels of benzene, a known carcinogen. Right. Uh, for the children at home, that is a cancer-causing substance, I believe. And for the children there who are now 50 <laughs> and 60 years old, they definitely know that. Uh, I'm sorry about your cancer. Yeah, whoops. The, the DEC the Department of Environmental Conservation, began urging Albany to take action, Albany being the capital of New York, and progress was slow. In April of 1978, the state environmental commissioner made a surprise visit and ordered the site to be closed down and access restricted and chemicals removed. The tests that the DEC took during this visit showed that 82 different chemical compounds, 11 being suspected carcinogens, were present in the soil. And that was in 19, so you said 78, it wasn't that. 77. 77? Oh, no, that's from when the DEC visited, so that's 1977. So like 88 or 82 different chemicals, and, and at the time, they only knew 11 of them were carcinogens. Yeah. Who knows how many more of those <laughs> can be identified yeah. today, okay. you know? Like, come on. So... In August of that same year, 1978, the governor of New York at the time, Hugh L. Carey, visited Love Canal and ordered the evacuation of all 239 families immediately facing the canal. Shortly after that, things went national. Uh, Jimmy Carter. Oh my God. That, that is, oh my God. This gets yeah. really big. Uh, famed environmentalist peanut farmer Jimmy Carter caught wind of the situation and declared a national state of emergency. Um, so the Environmental Protection Agency made a visit. Sorry, wait, 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 wait. What do you got? I just want to point something out. I didn't mean okay. to interrupt you. Oh, so he called a national state of emergency. And again, just to give you guys the scale, like just the size of this area, it is not that big. Like it is maybe... 10 blocks wide, 15 blocks north and south. I, it, like is, it's, it's less than a mile acres. long. Yeah, <laughs> this is a really tiny plot of land to, to suddenly be called a, a national disaster, site of na national emergency, and, and for them to want to flood it with millions and millions of dollars. Like it's dense. It's a quality and quantity thing. The, yeah. uh, the problem was so severe that it didn't matter how small the. <laughs> land was so 
the EPA. Not my tax money. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the EPA has regions, and the regional administrator that covers the New York area made a visit. And I saw this quote from him. This sounds absolutely horrifying, so I'm going to read this to you. I visited the canal area at that time. Corroding waste disposal drums could be seen breaking up through the grounds of backyards. Trees and gardens were turning black and dying. One entire swimming pool had been popped up from its foundation oh. afloat on a small sea of chemicals. Oh my God. Puddles of noxious substances were pointed out to me by the residents. Some of these puddles were in their yards, some were in their basements, others yet were on the school grounds. Everywhere the air had a faint choking smell. Children returned from play with burns on their hands and faces. Jeez. It, it's, it seems like, from what I saw, that it took a while to evacuate this area, and I cannot imagine consciously staying in this place. No. Knowing. No way. It's like, it's the same thing with the Centralia, Pennsylvania, where there's the coal fire. It's like, these people refused to leave i guess we we kind of talked about this in the yeah bikini atoll episode like some of these people are so proud of like i my family lived here you know it's like extenuating circumstances pal yeah oh yeah or just like and move. desperation you know even if it's like oh. desperation god i just cannot imagine like staring that in the face or like hard times in the face and being like yeah i'm gonna probably get my kids like cancer yeah, by staying like, here. I drink a lot of tap water. I would not like I, I couldn't function <laughs> there. I, I drink a lot of tap water. Yeah. Uh, me too. Uh, you got me thinking now. Uh, so, and another another thing in that quote, he okay. just, the every everywhere the air had a faint choking smell. Yeah. I've never heard anybody describe a smell as choking. <laughs> yeah, I guess like, it's like if they're choking, they're dying and they want somebody to save them. They're not describing just a constant state of smell. Or like uh, when you are like cooking with spicy peppers and it. Oh, yeah. Like, you know. Um, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I'd love to experience that. Every time I'm outside. Jeez. Sounds like a yeah. blast. And here's, here's a little stat break for you. Oh, God. Further testing by the EPA revealed that 10% of 4,000 blood samples taken indicated liver abnormalities. 70% of the homes had chemicals in their sump pumps. 75% of Love Canal residents faced increased health risks. And the area had higher than average miscarriages and birth defects. The EPA discovered a toxic compound, or I guess it's a class of compounds called dioxins, extremely mm. fatal, were found in concentrations 100,000 times greater than amounts that are lethal to animals in lab oh testing. Oh my God. So that's like, how, how is there not, how did more people not just die? Immediately. Just too. from living in this place, yeah. Right. Um, I guess you're not, you're not ever like licking dirt. That probably helps. Nobody's ever eating dirt. Yeah, but kids, that's dude. The issue. Kids, yeah. Kids are stupid, and kids yeah. would do something like that. They would touch stuff and then lick their hand. Oh, and yeah. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Um, it's because you don't have kids. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't either, but I just guessed. Yeah, out of sight, out of mind. I am not yeah. <laughs> not thinking about kids at the moment. Um, Sorry, ladies. Hate them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a thousand sighs of disappointment were released. <laughs> so now, now the ball was really, really rolling to help these poor people out. The state and federal government slowly, mind you, began buying up houses in the area and evacuating the residents. Um, progress is slow. Majority of the evacuations were not completed until 1980 after Jimmy Carter authorized a $20 million aid package for the whole deal. I got a the, hypothetical for you, Kane. Hit me. So, so we're looking at this disaster site, right? Where basically they've deemed it uninhabitable anymore by people who want to survive more than like five years. So like they're buying people's houses. Do you think that's going to happen on a larger scale at some point on like some of the major floodplains in like the Southeast? Oh, where like uh, Louisiana is like losing all its coastline and stuff. Right. Like, water's just encroaching. Right. Cause I that's imagine. the same thing, right? Uninhabitable, uninhabitable, like, National emergency, national emergency, you know? Yeah, I imagine that would probably happen. Once it really started to get, like, I feel like the the area is a lot more rural down there, so it's like it's not affecting quite as many people. But if it starts to really become a problem, yeah, they would have yeah. to. Get ready to have better. some roommates, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, how close is New Orleans? How close is New Orleans to the... Oh, that's a really dumb question. It's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely on the coast, right? Oh, keep that in. Was it? Was it? <laughs> For my own sake, it has to, right? Am I crazy? Wait, wait! I missed that question. My my mic cut out. You just got to repeat that. I'm, I I have to look this up. I'll keep this in, but I am looking <laughs> because was <laughs> it was it the ocean that flooded New Orleans, or was it Lake Pontchartrain that it had to been the ocean, right? I, now I don't know. This is bad. I know, I'm We're getting really in my own head now, about man. It now. Oh, like, God. Um, People are laughing. I can hear them already. Oh, this is so, so on the ocean. This is so oh, right on the yeah. coast. For a geography podcast, we really embarrassed ourselves there. That was a poor showing. <laughs> we, can do, we can only do so much, people. So, okay, so what's, what's throwing me here is there is an enormous <laughs> like lake right on New Orleans, in. but it's like New Orleans acts as kind of like a almost like that used to be part of the ocean and then this land just kind of blocks it off it's almost like a almost like a bay type situation but yeah well it will be part of the ocean yeah uh, once again so hell yeah brother hell yeah i guess yeah. <laughs> did you did you hear that did that pick up on the microphone what big sigh oh my uh cat meowing no like punk ass <laughs> so the government sues the hooker chemical company which like by the time this is all said and done did not even exist and it was owned by a company called occidental chemicals the government sued them for 635 million but <laughs> final settlement was a 20 million dollar lump sum payout by occidental chemical wow e positive 
that we might be able to take from this. The tension that the Love Canal generated to issues such as this, not only did that cause two other sites very similar to this in Times Beach, Times Beach, Missouri, and what is affectionately called now the Valley of the Drums in Kentucky, <laughs> were also uh, found out. But this caused the what is the name of this the comprehensive environmental response compensation and liability act was passed in congress you Good may thing have heard they of shortened that. it yeah you may have heard of that referred to as super funds like super fund sites the love canal ended up being the first of such sites this was the first super fund site and funnily enough, it was not removed, not funny at all, but oddly enough, the Love Canal was not removed from the EPA list of Superfund sites until 2004. And the entire process took 21 years and cost the government a total of $400 million. And that does not even include the money spent to relocate the evacuees. The EPA estimates that there are probably hundreds of similar sites like this across the country that have just been kind of hidden, brushed under the rug. So that's terrible. But at least something was done here, and we got super funds out of it. Thanks, Nixon. Closing thoughts on this bummer of an episode? Oh, man. This was a doozy. And the last episode or two, we talked about nuking people. <laughs> We gotta we gotta steer ourselves in a better direction here. This is this is pitiful. Well, I, I have faith. I found a couple places. Okay. Yeah. Some. Any, some any, uh, anything you're you're willing to tease, or do you want to leave this all hush hush? Talking. No, nah, I'll give a little give a little preview. Basically, a couple of sites I found. Um, the main chunk of like story that we're gonna get out of it is their position in like some aboriginal societies which like as we all don't know from our high school history classes because we didn't ever talk about aboriginal people uh typically those are groups of people that actually take care of the land and don't nuke people or like sure. sell one dollar chemical dump sites to school districts so that can be positive are you talking about like Australian Aboriginal? Yeah. Okay. Here's a here's a fun little fact for you. Oh, I know this one. <laughs> the <laughs> Aboriginal people in Australia were managed by the Department of Flora and Fauna until I think the 1970s, which is horrific. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's like if Native Americans were handled by like game and fish. Right. It'd be like <laughs> insulting. <laughs> oh my um, god. Yeah, so hopefully we'll get a we'll get a positive spin out of that one, but <laughs> did you have something better to leave them on, Kane? I'll put in like uh maybe that Tiny Tim song that's in that first episode <laughs> of SpongeBob. <laughs> He's behind you. Just superimpose it on that. Okay. Um, oh my God. Oh, there it is. That's the one. Okay. Well, this has been lovely, but it's time for us to leave now. Goodbye.
living in the sunlight, loving in the moonlight, having a wonderful time. Having got a lot, I don't need a lot, coffee's only a dime. Living in the sunlight, loving in the moonlight. 